Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shanks Show. Hour number three of our show. Welcome back. I'm Bill Shanks with Russell Brown here on this Monday afternoon. It's 5 o'clock. We hope you're doing well. Phone lines are open. Area code 478-646-3776. We hope you'll join us on the show as we are talking sports. A little bit of baseball, a little bit of uh, basketball talk as well. Always football. So, Eddie asked a question about the comments that were made by Marcelo Zuna earlier today. And... uh, He pretty much said, you know, everybody who doesn't like me can. And I I can't let that kind of get in my way. Marcelo Zuna knows everybody doesn't like him. I mean, he's not stupid. Well, I mean, he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer because of what he's done off the field. But he's, he's not totally stupid. And he knows he needs to bounce back. He, he does. And, but he was asked about. His health. He was asked about you know coming back and trying to uh, be a part of this team, and he was asked about the fans. He said, "Giving my best to the team, and my fans. I know in my mind that I still have fans. They love me, and the other ones I ignore. Don't worry about them. People criticize your life. You don't have to worry about it. You just have to come in ready, strong mentally, and give your best." I'm gonna use the term I used a moment ago about bubble. There, there is a bubble that I think players have to be in. I don't know how any player in any sport reads social media. I think that would be crazy. To me, just my mind, if I was a player out there every day or every Saturday or every Sunday or whatever, and I got caught up in what people said about me all the time, I don't know how they survive that. I don't know how they do do that. I, I would have to tune that out because I think that could be very distracting. So I'm sure Marcel Azuna has heard a lot of negative feedback in the time he's been with the Braves the last two years because of the things that have happened. He has put them on himself with the arrest of obviously doing something to his wife and then with the DUI last summer. He's done it to himself, but yet, you know, it, it, he, he's got to continue to try to be a baseball player. Uh, it, this is not a profession where you can just fire someone and get rid of them if they screw up. They're guaranteed to be paid. So he's going to stick around. He's going to be in uniform, and therefore, you know, we as Braves fans have to hope that he'll bounce back, have to hope that somehow, some way, he will be – a very important part of this team. Now, you know, we'll, we'll see if he can do that. I, don't, I think there's going to be questions of whether or not he can do that, and there's, they're fair questions. He has had two very bad years. I mentioned earlier the, the two years, a combined batting average of 222, 30 home runs, but a 222 batting average. It's not been very good. So he has a lot of work to do because last year before the DUI and when he was simply coming back, only from the incident with his wife, which was cleared up. He served his time, did what he was supposed to do, and was coming back. 
I said the best way for Marcelo Zuna to quiet the fans is to go out there and to have the kind of year he did in 2020. That, to be honest with you, if he did what he did in 2020, that would kind of get lost in the shuffle. And then he got a DUI. He had 507 plate appearances last year. He hit 226 with a 274 on base percentage, only a 413 slugging percentage, 23 home runs and 507 plate appearances, but a 226 batting average. You take his numbers from 2021, he's had 30 home runs and an average of 222 with 82 RBI and 715 plate appearances. So that's 172 games, a little past a full year. Production's still there, but a lot of strikeouts, 168, and just not very consistent. And for someone who's getting paid $18 million, you expect more. You ex- he got paid based on what he did for 60 games in 2020 and the COVID season when he hit 338, a 431 OBP, 636 slugging percentage, and led the league in plate appearances, home runs, RBI, and total bases. That's why he got paid the money he got paid because he showed in a little over a third of a season how good he can be. Year before that in St. Louis, he had a 241 batting average, which is not good, 328 OBP, which is okay but not great, 29 home runs, 89 RBI, 12 stolen bases. And so he's showed production in the past. It's just a question of, well, what are you going to be this year? Marcel. And look, as far as his comments are concerned, I again, I'm not offended by that. He he knows that he's got to come back and prove to the fans what he can do. He knows he's got a lot of detractors who would prefer to see him gone. He he's got to be smart enough to know that. He's got to be. You, you're in the bubble, but you can't be that oblivious to the fact that you've done two things that cost you to go to jail. They're not going to like that. Fans aren't going to like that. And they didn't. And they shouldn't. It it was two bad things. So I'm not offended by that. I want him to come back and and mainly because he can help his team. This guy had a year in Miami in 2017 when he was an all-star. He had a gold glove, believe it or not. 37 home runs, 124 RBIs, and a 312 batting average, and a 376 OBP. He was great. Then I told you about the stats in Atlanta in 2020. He was great. This guy could make a difference for him. We need to root for him to come back. Eddie Rosario. Look, I, I understand Eddie Rosario last year struggled. He had eye surgery. He he had a rough time. He hit only 212 with five home runs, 24 RBI, and 270 plate appearances, a 259 OBP. That's awful. Year before that, in 2021, when he split it between Atlanta and Cleveland, he hit 259, which is not great, 305 OBP, which is not great, 19 doubles, 14 home runs, 62 RBI, 11 stolen bases. Okay, I'll take that. But just don't suck. Don't. I know that sounds stupid when I say about Rosario and Ozuna. Don't suck. Uh, look. <laughs> B.J. Upton came to the Atlanta Braves in 2013 after being with the Tampa Bay Rays. B.J. Upton had hit 246 with the Tampa Bay Rays in 2012. He came to Atlanta, and he hit 
62 points lower. He hit 184, getting paid $15.7 million. B.J. Upton came to the Atlanta Braves. He could no longer hit home runs. He went from 28 in Tampa Bay in 2012 to 9. 9. Hit 184 with a 268 batting average. Uh, oh, on base percentage, rather. I'm sorry. Ten years ago at this point, on February 20th, 2013, Russ and I were probably having a conversation about, wow, what if B.J. Upton, at 28 years old, is coming into his own? He just had 28 home runs. He had 31 stolen bases. What if he's a legit 30-30 man? He hit 184 and became a poster child those next two years because in two seasons with Atlanta, he hit 198. He couldn't even hit 200. So I'm asking Eddie Rosario and Azuna to not be B.J. Upton. That, that's a simple request. Don't suck because B.J. Upton sucked for two years. And I, I just think that if, if Rosario and Azuna or I'll team take one of them, one of them, just as mediocre compared to being awful, man, this team's going to be really good, Russ. And that so that's a simple request. Just don't suck. Yeah, don't suck. I, I mean, that, we talked about it earlier. Can he hit just 250, 240, your 20 to 25 home runs? Don't be a hole in the lineup. Don't be an automatic out. And for people that are upset about what he said, get over it. I, I'm sorry. I mean, get over it. What what, do you, what is he supposed to say? I mean, what else do you want him to do? He's apologized. He can't go back and undo it. He's going to be a part of this team. So you can't listen to stuff like that if you're trying to move forward because those people are the ones that are going to hold you back. So you have to ignore it. That's the only way you can get better. I mean, he's on a short leash, obviously. You can't make that mistake again. Um, but it, it, I saw people yesterday on social media criticizing him for reporting on time. <laughs> I'm like, what, what, what do you want him to do? What do you want him to do? I, I don't understand why we have to keep going back. Can't you forgive somebody and move forward? So I just I hope he produces. If he sucks, get rid of him. If he gets arrested again, get rid of him. Like I said, he's on a short leash, but he's already got two strikes on him, right? Exactly. But this situation's not going to get any better by criticizing everything the man says or does. And I'm glad that he's got that attitude of I'm going to play for my teammates, I'm going to play for my fans, and everybody else. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what you have to say. I'm not listening. I'm not paying attention. No, I agree. I'm with you. I, I just they need this guy. This guy is a good player, has been good. And uh, I, I know the course of a baseball preseason, spring training, you try to go through everything that's a big question on your team. You know that there are things that have to go right for your team no matter what. Every team in baseball, all 30, are facing those kind of questions. Can so-and-so bounce back? Everybody. Every team is having that happen where that's a part of the conversation. San Diego just popped up on my timeline on Twitter. My Lord, Fernando Tatis, right? Oh, my gosh. Can Fernando Tatis, can he bounce back this year after being – so everybody has these type of players. Some are going to bounce back. Some are not. The Braves have actually two at the same position with Rosario and Azuna where they need one of those two to bounce back. And they've both done it very well before. So I, I just can't imagine both of these guys – being bad again 
and, and I do give Rosario a little bit of a break because there was an eye issue. It's not like, well, all of a sudden. I mean, Dan Ugla and B.J. Upton, I don't think there was anything physically that made them become a 200 hitter. Do you remember anything? No. I, well, I think in Ugla's case, he was just getting old. Bat speed was gone. I mean, because all of a sudden, you know, uh, there, there, there was the 275-foot flyout where maybe two or three years prior to that would have been a home run. Mm-hmm. All right. So, there was nothing like, well, he can't see. Rosario couldn't see last year. And then when he came back, he had he had trouble. So, I, you know, look, I, I, um, I'm fine with what he said. I agree with you. I think he's not going to please people. No matter what he says, he's not going to please people. Well, that's the thing. The people that are uh, upset by what he said about how he's going to ignore the fans, there's nothing he can say to make you happy. Right. So that's why I love that approach. That's the only way, like I said, you're going to move forward is because you can't you can't please everybody. Right. So all you can do is keep your head down, stay out of trouble, and produce. And you know what? That that crowd, that, that, that gets quieter and quieter and just fades off into the distance. If he's hitting, ain't nobody going to care about what happened last year. Our, our attention span is very short when it comes to our team winning. If if the Braves are winning and Marcelo Zuna is doing well, now I'm not saying he's going to win, you know, Miss Congeniality Award or anything. He doesn't have to. Just be a productive big league hitter and earn your earn your $18 million. Hey, Rosario, earn your $9 million. Do something to help the team win. Uh, they don't have to be what they've been at their best. Just don't suck. <laughs> Just don't hit 222. Hit better than 200. Be be in the mid 200. We'll take that. That's it. We're not asking for a lot there, are we? Get a hit once every four times up. That's it. That's it. I'll take that compared to 222 and 209 or whatever. That's it. I, I just, I, you know, um, you, you hear pitchers talk about when they're facing a lineup, you know, the depth of a lineup can make it tough because you know the places where you can kind of take a mental break in the game. Don't, don't, be the mental break for the opposing pitcher. Be a threat. Be that guy that they know if 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 they make a mistake, you're putting it over the fence. Because that's who Marcelo Zuna, that's who we had in 2020. I don't think we can expect oh, him to bat over 330 and have that kind of a season where he's an MVP candidate. But like you said, can you go one for four? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you think about this Atlanta Braves lineup. Matt Olson, I think his batting average is going to be higher this year than it was last year. I think the the lack of a shift, S H I F T, is going to make him go up from 240 to a higher number. Matt Olson last year had great production 34 home runs, 103 RBI. He hit 240, 10 points lower than his career average. The year before that, he had hit 271. So, and look, in the 2020 season, he hit 195. Well, we can't have him hit 195. He's making $22 million. Uh, that. He needs to – and I, I, I think he is. I think he's going to be better. We know what Ozzie Albies can do. Ozzie Albies, if healthy, and doesn't have injuries to keep him down. I mean, he got off to a slow start last year, got hurt, came back, got hurt, same night, was done. And, yes, Ozzie struggled before he got hurt. 247, batting average, 294 OBP. Eight home runs, 35 RBI. Not good. Compared to the year before where he had 20 stolen bases and 30 home runs and 106 RBI, not good. But him being back is a big part for this uh, this lineup. 
Grissom, what is he going to do if he's if he's the guy full time? Which I don't think we're going to see a full time shortstop for a while. But if Grissom's the guy, can he build on what he did last year when he hit two ninety one with a three fifty three OBP? God, I hope so. It's pretty good. Riley, I'm not worried about. I know Riley after he signed his contract took a nosedive. He's a power hitter who's going to strike out a lot. He's going to be very productive for this team. Acuna is going to be back with a vengeance, I think. Harris has got to play every day, obviously now for a full year for Atlanta. He had 19 home runs, 64 RBI, 20 stolen bases last year in about two-thirds of the season. And then you have Acuna, and everybody think, is thinking that Acuna is going to be just off the charts this year. And the catcher situation, while JT Ruyamuto is the best catcher in baseball, the Braves have the best catching situation. We got to trust Brian Snicker to get Darno in the lineup a great deal. And he's because I want to tell you what's going to happen. I and I, I can tell you, they're going to fall in love, Russ, with Sean Murphy behind the plate. And I think Travis is going to be kind of pushed to the side a little bit, not catch as much. He'll still catch, you know, a quarter of the games. But I think that when they the more they see Murphy back there, they're going to want him back there, and that means you know Darno's probably going to have a. Half the season is the DH. Yeah. I I know they said 50-50 when the trade was made, no but I, I think it may start that way, but I think you're right. I think you're maybe four out of seven days with an off day or, or maybe five out of seven if they're playing all seven days is what you'll see with Murphy back there. And they'll want to keep him fresh, you know. And I think and I think a better way to do it is to have Darno as the DH. Let him catch – two or three games a week, and in the games that he catches, don't let Murphy rest and have somebody else to age. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is a great team. There are not many weaknesses on this team. Again, what are you worried about? Not the Braves. <laughs> I'm just not. I can't wait for this season. This has got to be a great roster for this team. The one thing I want more than anything for this team is to get off to a good start. I don't want a slow month of April, Ross. I want a good start to the season. I'm not saying you have to be in first place by May 1st, but let's don't do what they did last year and get behind. I, I don't think you can I don't yeah, I don't think you can play around 500 baseball for 2 months and then expect to win 101 no, games again. And it's probably going to take that to win this division too. Uh, cuz I don't see Philadelphia or New York going away. Well, Philadelphia is going to be really good with Trey Turner. They brought in Jose Quintana for their rotation to replace Zach Eflin. They've got, obviously, Wheeler and Nola. They brought in a lot of bullpen pieces to, again, try to fix that bullpen. Philadelphia is going to be tough. And I hate to say this because I don't want some Met fan taping it and, like, sending it to a radio station in New York. Uh, how? But how have the Mets improved their offense? Okay, they brought in Verlander, right? I mean, they brought in Verlander, which is – I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. He's a Hall of Famer. They got two Hall of Famers in their rotation. I get it. But I thought their problem last year was their offense. I thought when they came to Atlanta and lost that series at the end of the year, we shut them down. Because their offense was not doing well. Now, if they'd have signed Carlos Correa, right? But they didn't. So, what are we afraid of with the Mets? Two 40-year-olds 
lasting the whole year and going all the way into October? I don't know if I'm afraid of that, to be honest with you, compared to what we've got on the Braves roster. I think the Braves are good. I, look, I'm I'm not surprised the Braves are getting a lot of preseason love. I think it's there for a reason, don't you? Yeah. Well, I was. I'll be. I'll admit, I was a little bit surprised, not because of what, how I feel about the team. It's just the Braves typically don't get that. But right. I, it's it's the depth of that rotation. I mean, it's it. got to be. And then the, I think there's a prevailing feeling around Major League Baseball that Ronald Acuna Jr. has a return to form this year. And if you pair him with Austin Riley in that lineup, that's two MVP caliber players backed up by that pitching staff. So, yeah, when you stop and think about it, it, it shouldn't surprise us at all that the Braves are being picked so highly. I mean, they, they, they're going to go with a kid at third base, evidently the Mets are. They brought in Tommy Pham. That's the only that's, – that's it. As far as the only offensive addition they've made, Tommy Pham. As long as we keep him away from Jock Peterson, he ought to be okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break, come back. Uh, we got one on hold, uh, three lines open, 478-646-ESPN. We'll take a break and be back with more sports talk on this Monday right after this. Hey, 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 hey. 5.25 our time. Thank you very much for being with us. Bill and Russ on the radio. Let's go to some phone calls. Wade in Jacksonville. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing today, guys? Hope you're doing well. Doing well. Get ready for baseball soon. I can't wait. Thank God. Amen to that. Uh, how do you think about the Braves? I still think they're, they're a team to beat in the East. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I, th- I think they've strengthened the position that you want as strong as anything with the catcher, Sean Murphy. They got depth in the rotation in the bullpen. I think they're the best roster out of the three in the National League East. I think it's going to be uh, another uh, 100-win team going to win the division. I really do believe it that's going to take 100 wins. All three of those win. teams could win a lot of games, so especially because they're not playing each other as much anymore. You know, they're only playing each other 12 times or so, and and they get to beat up on those bad American League teams. Well, wait, I mean, I, I like the move the Braves move. I mean, I mean, uh, I think Griffin's going to shine. I really do think he's going to shine. And I think he should be down the eighth or ninth hitter in the lineup because their lineup is, I think, is stacked. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I, I love the lineup. I'm excited about it. Looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. But I, yeah, I, I'm very uh, optimistic about what this lineup can do. And I said right before the break, Wade, I just want to let them get off to a good start this year. Don't go falling behind like they did a year, a year ago. It may be tougher this year to, to get back on track if you do that. Get off to a good, solid start, have a good month of April, and go from there. Well, that's true because you're not playing – the problem is 19. You're playing 14 and 19 is a difference. Five games makes a big difference in each uh, team, you know? Yep, yep. No, and, it's uh, – on, on the Falcons front, I see that people went out to eat. With uh, Bates, the safety from Cincinnati. What do you think about him as a player the Falcons might bring in the, and a free agent? He's looked at as one of the top free agent secondary guys out there available. Looks like he's ready to come into his own and really have a great uh, middle part of his career here, and I, I like it. I, I would love to get him. I think he'd be a really good addition. Everything I read about him is very positive. And, you know, they went terrible – and Pitts went out to uh, dinner with him. It was his agent for yep. him. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I'm hoping Atlanta. This is a year they got to get 
hit on the right free agents. Don't go overspend, but get the right ones. You know what I mean? Sure. They got a lot of needs. They 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 got to spend their money wisely and not get too much of a salary cap hole. And I hope I can't wait to see what they do. I mean, I don't I don't know about you, but are you interested in getting Lamar Jackson? If I I'll go trade for Fields before Lamar Jackson. No, I want Desmond Ritter to have the job. So I'm not in favor of either one of those moves. I mean, I. I, I uh, think they should give Desmond Ritter the full chance and have a veteran in that if he falters, they can turn to, but not someone that will necessarily compete with him for the job. Fields and, and Jackson obviously would do more than compete. They'd probably be in the lead for the job. Let's give this kid a chance, and if a year from now he doesn't make it, then go get someone. But I, I just think the Falcons owe it to him as a third-round pick to let him have a shot for the full 17 games and see what he can do. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not saying he's a, a bust or not, but I like to have some kind of experience behind him just in case he do falter. I don't know who they're going to get as a backup quarterback. I don't want Galapolo. I don't want him. I don't want um. I don't want Carr. No, they're they're, they're, they're starting quarterbacks. I'm, I think they're still starting quarterbacks. The Jets are. Uh, who knows what the Jets are going to do? Maybe one of these other young quarterbacks come in here and just anything trade for Zach Wilson. Something like that. Bring his mama. Well, you know, Zach Wilson is a shame. He didn't make it. I think the, the medium got him. You know, sometimes you can't play in a, a big environment as New York. And Mayo comes, if he came to Atlanta for example, maybe he might get his act together. Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say about that. Sure. Zach, he didn't get really a good chance there. And right. you know what? And if he came to Atlanta and him and Ritter were competing, maybe. That'd be a great competition because you don't need no, we don't need no twenty, thirty year old veteran or something. You know, you know, thirty year old veteran. Yeah. Uh, in there, I like to get a young kid who wants to win, who wants to play well, and the guy played well in Cincinnati, so he's not a bust by no means. Ritter. So well, they, no, they just got to give him the full shot and see what he can do, and uh, I, I look forward to it. But I want him to have the the main shot. All right, Wade, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Cannon making. Hello, Keller. How you doing, Bill? I'm good, sir. How are you? All right. I want to talk to you. I already talked to uh, Daniel and him. But are I got them? a feeling, I don't know why. <clears throat> I hate to tell you this, but I got a feeling Hypo's going to build Josh Hypo's going to build a team up to beat Georgia. And I got a feeling. It when? Might. What decade? Huh? <laughs> what? What decade? This year. No, th- come on. Kill, killer. Gonna be ready. Killer. What? They no. They no. No. They're not going to be ready to beat Georgia this year. We'll see. Well, I mean, why do you think that? Because one thing, one thing, that main quarterback's gone. That main offensive coordinator's gone. They lost some other players. That's why I think that Tennessee going to have the edge then because Georgia didn't lose. Uh, wait, wait, but, 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 but the. Tennessee lost their coordinator, lost their quarterback, lost their best receiver, Jalen Hyatt. They've lost a lot, too. I just believe, too. I mean, but Jordy got to play at Tennessee at Needless Stadium. That's okay. I'm not afraid of those orange people. Okay. I think, look, that is going to be the biggest test for Georgia. Georgia has a cupcake schedule. I'm not trying to say that they don't. There's no doubt with Oklahoma now off that schedule because of the conference expansion. Georgia's schedule for this year is weak. Um, but 
I, I, one through 85, Georgia is better than Tennessee. We don't even know who Tennessee's quarterback's going to be yet. Is it going to be Joe Milton or Nico Iamaleva? I like that, Russ Brown. It's pretty good. I don't know if it's right or not. Sounded right. Go it with it. Sounded right. I mean, look, Ken, there are two wide receivers. One's named Brew and one's named Squirrel. I'm not afraid of them. But I'm, I'm not all talking about that just like Georgia because they got Coach Kirby Smart. They got Hopple, and he already came from – uh, let's see, was middle? It was middle Florida, Central Florida, same thing. Yeah, Central Florida, and they had a great Straight team. He's a great coach, <laughs> and and that guy's building a winner. Right well, I, look, I respect what Josh Heupel's doing, but they got to have talent. I don't know if they've got, especially losing Jalen Hyatt. I don't know what they're going to have to really try to score a lot on this Georgia defense. Hell, last year. They came into Athens, what, scoring 49 a game, and they scored, what, 13, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that didn't work out too well, and they had Hinton Hooker. They don't have Hinton Hooker this year, and there's no question the young quarterback who they've got coming in, Nico I am Aleva, is very good prospect, but we don't know how he's going to be playing. I mean, look, I, I'm not saying it's out of the question for Tennessee to win, but I, I Georgia shouldn't be scared of anybody right now, killer. They're, they are the premier roster in this country. Doesn't mean that injuries can't change things or whatever, or you can have a crappy day or whatever, or an orange balloon floats over Knoxville, and instead of the game, we got to worry about knocking it down. But I, I, I'm not afraid of them. Georgia should be afraid of anybody right now. Nobody. Well, we'll see. Have I convinced you? Well, I don't really know. I just had to wait and see because Georgia's lost that main quarterback. They lost their main offensive Wait now. You're telling me you don't have confidence in Carson Beck? You've called this show for three years, making the case for Carson Beck, and now you're afraid of him going up there and playing those people who have a raccoon head on their on – their... come on now. <laughs> yeah, but when you've got, you got another starting quarterback and you've got a different defense – you don't never know what's going to happen, especially with not, somebody don't have that much experience like Stinson Bennett did. He just knew what to do. He got experience just like Carson Bennett. Yeah, but Stinson or Stetson Bennett never played a defense like Georgia. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he just got That's true. Battle. Listen That's to your son. Stinson. Joseph, tell him what I'm saying is right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Ken, you got outvoted. Well, I ain't worried about that. I'm just saying I just see a team on the rise, and you, you can't tell a team on the rise. Well, look, I, I, I know that Tennessee is on a rise, on the rise. But, look, the problem with the current-day college football is when you lose a large percentage of your players like Tennessee did, you don't know how they're going to be. You don't know how they're going to come back. Could they be better? Maybe. Maybe they are. But I, I, I think – as of right now, when you look at Tennessee's roster, not knowing what's going to be going on at quarterback, and you look at Georgia's roster, there's no comparison. And, yes, we don't know what's going to go on at quarterback for Georgia. I don't think anybody cares. They've got a lot of talent here on this team. And as long as – and here's the thing, Killer. If Carson Beck sucks, it's your fault. 
Well, I didn't make him, but I mean. No, I, but you've been on his on his uh, bandwagon, so we're going to blame you if he's not any good. I've had others tell me that. You know, Killer's been on Carson's bandwagon. If this kid doesn't work out, we're going to blame Killer. But, I mean, that's up to Coach uh, Mike Bobo and Coach Kirby Smart, who starts anyway. Right. I mean, sent up like that anyway because he makes the best decision. He's improved year in, year out, Coach Kirby Smart. So what are you worried about? I mean, you know, and I'm just talking about up-and-coming teams. Right. They could, they could upset you if you ain't. You got to be careful. There's no question. Up. You're right. You've got to be careful. You're going on the road. It's a you've been there. It's a crazy environment. It's nuts. It's absolutely. It's a great environment. I I can't stand them, but it's a great environment in Knoxville. They do a great job of getting their fan base. All you know, it's amazing how people that many people with no teeth can whistle like that. So they do a great job of getting their environment crazy for a visiting team. But I, I just think Georgia's roster is better. And also another thing to watch out for when they play is Ole Miss because Ole Miss going to play them tough too. Yeah, it is. All right. All right. Thank you, Killer. Yeah, have a good one. Look, uh, I want for everybody to go home and to sit in their chair and to watch Andy Griffith show or Everybody Loves Raymond and to relax and to worry about things like why there are not fat-free donuts instead of Georgia losing to Tennessee or Tiger Woods handing Justin, what's his name, a tampon. That's, that's my only request. Don't, don't worry. Take your Paxil. Chill out. Something, something worse than that. Just chill out. Don't worry about things. The, the the less our anxiety level is, Russ, the better. Look, here, and Killer had this question earlier, and I, and I hate this because I feel like I have to bash Tennessee, and I'm not doing that. Oh, it's fun, though. Ten, Tennessee is a very good football program. Josh Heupel's done a tremendous job. They went 2-2 two and two down the stretch. They lost to South Carolina 63-38. to I'm not ready to put them in that category yet because of that, and, and I compared it to this, and, and this can change, but – with Josh Heupel's offense, do you remember, and for those of you that listen to the Midday Show, I apologize, but I'm going to say this again. Do you remember when Chip Kelly was at Oregon? Mm-hmm. And they'd run into Stanford, and Stanford would keep him under 20. Mm-hmm. It's because, and this is a very oversimplified explanation, because when the numbers in the box are even, Oregon couldn't run on Stanford. In other words, Stanford was winning their one-on-one matches. And that's what Georgia does against Tennessee, and that's why Tennessee had a hard time moving the football because Georgia doesn't have to use an extra defender to try to slow down the run. So until Josh Heupel can figure out how to block that front for UGA and get room for his running backs to make everything else for that offense hum, Tennessee's not going to beat Georgia. I'm not saying it's not ever going to happen and that they can't do that. But you've got to be a, you've got to build up your line of scrimmage. There's that word to be able to block Georgia's defensive front. And until that happens, that offense is going to have problems against talented defenses like Georgia's. We had people calling up the week of the Georgia Tennessee game when Tennessee, by the way, if you remember correctly, was the number one team in the country. Nervous about that game, and I'm like, how are they going to block Georgia? Because the biggest difference in Georgia football right now 
is lines of scrimmage. This is not difficult to figure out. Kirby Smart came in here six weeks after watching his Alabama Crimson Tide roll over a team in the 2015 Georgia Bulldogs that had a poor line of scrimmage on both sides, and Alabama rolled them. Came in here and he said, right out of his mouth, first 45 seconds, lines of scrimmage. He's done it. So when any – I'm not saying Georgia's never going to lose again, okay? Now, on paper, they ought to go 12-0 in the regular season this year. On paper, which, you know what what we can all do with paper. But teams are going to have to find out how to beat Georgia with a weaker line of scrimmage until they get theirs on par with Georgia. Every time Georgia would play Alabama, what was the big advantage? Lines of scrimmage. Depth. Why could why was Georgia not able to hang on to beat Alabama in the national championship game and then the next year in the SEC championship game after leading both of those games for 50-some-odd meetings? Depth. Lines of scrimmage. So I never thought Tennessee could do that back in November the 5th. Never. They're not there yet. And I have tremendous respect for what Josh Heupel is doing. Like Russ said, it may sound like we're bashing on Tennessee. Hell no. We're not. They're just not there yet. I bet you when he walked out of Sanford Stadium at Dooley Field, you know what Josh Heupel probably said? We're not there yet. (laughs) Because they're not. It's a different level. It's a different level of football that Georgia has reached that only one other – well, two other teams were at. Alabama and Clemson. Georgia's now in that trifecta. I won't put Ohio State in there. I won't. Because you know what? You got to stop somebody. And they didn't. All right, we got to take a break. Four, seven, eight, six, four. Killer just got me all brooked up about that now. See, I, I like, I, that's what I said. You got to chill. Got to go watch a little bit. Everybody loves Raymond. I mean, they play in what? That game's nine months away? I mean, and I'm not looking forward to going to Knoxville now. That's, oh, that's going to be tough. tough. That's the, it, 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 despite what some other people say, that's the toughest opponent on Georgia's schedule. Yeah, who says otherwise? <laughs> Your buddy at Dog Talk or whatever that is. <laughs> that's right. He thinks it's Georgia Tech. He thinks it's Georgia Tech. I think I'm it's sure. Tennessee. You're my buddy. Yeah, it's Tennessee. Yeah, we're right, and he's wrong. <laughs> Go figure that. Back with more on this Monday, right after this. 5.47 our time. Hey, Russ. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what the difference is between a good old boy and a University of Tennessee football fan? Yeah, what's that? The good old boy raises livestock. The UT fan gets emotionally involved. Kirkland in Macon, hello. Hey, what's going on today? How are you? Uh, glad to hear you again, brother. Yes, sir. Glad to be back. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't think he'll understand a couple of times. Hey, the jury's still out on Joe Milton. I mean, I mean, one uh, Harbaugh like a quarterback guru, and he's sitting packing. I mean, yeah, I don't think we got to worry about Tennessee. I mean, well, we, we got an unknown though because we don't know how that kid's going to do. He he is he was right there with Arch as far as best quarterback prospects. So I mean, he look, he may be the next C.J. Stroud or next real deal young quarterback, and. But I, I, we got to see. So there's this unknown that 
it's not going to make anybody say they're going to beat Georgia this year. They shouldn't. Anybody objectively looking at that shouldn't say that. Yeah, I mean, Georgia's the best team. I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about because um, – He's just got to worry about something. <laughs> yeah, he kind of loses confidence in Carson Beck, man. It's kind of like a major story right now, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know that, that. We should like break in on CNN with that. Maybe Don Lemon can talk about that. No, it's a, it's yeah. you know we, we look. He Car uh, Ken has been talking about Carson Beck for three years. It's time for Carson Beck to show whether he's going to be the quarterback or not. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but I don't think I think about what I think about Carson Beck is him standing there when he threw that interception, just standing there looking <laughs> at the guy run to the end zone. Yeah, the only I can think about. Well, him. we got it. We got to give him yeah. time. We got to be patient with him, just like uh, any uh, new quarterback. You got to be patient with him. Yeah, well, you got to have a little heart though, too. Hey, Kirkland, did I mean? Hey, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. How do you know when you're staying in a hotel in Knoxville? How? When you call the front desk and say, I've got a leak in my sink, and the person at the front desk says, go ahead. <laughs> okay. uh, hey, don't tell that to, hey, don't tell that to the dog tonight, man. Okay. No, I won't. might get mad. I mean, I was kidding. Though. It was good. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, but the Braves are ready, though, man. I think I'm with you guys, though, man, with, um, with Ozuna and Kirby Yates, if those two guys go back to form, the Braves will be the best team in the league. I don't care what happens. And with those pitchers, if those guys come back to their regular form, even when he, he had 23 home runs and he played bad that seat last season, but if those guys, two guys step up and you look at the Braves roster, I think the Braves are the team to beat, though. I, I just believe that, man, because of those Well, guys. again, we're talking, on, we're talking on paper, but, again, on paper they look really good. I mean, this is a very deep team. I, I think that the, the Braves are going to get a lot of love because of, of their depth and of their talent. And, um, you know, while everyone in spring training right now, all 30 teams are worried about depth, I don't, I don't think that's something the Braves are necessarily, quote-unquote, worried about. Again, there, there are options everywhere. They turn around. They've just built a very good, efficient roster that I think is going to be able to really impact the team, even if they have to call people up from Triple A Gwinnett, and and that's that's a a luxury not every team has. The Braves have not had that in every year, and they've had to to search. But when you have a fifth starter like Ian Anderson, uh, that, that's a great luxury. Yeah, and I, I'm 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 hoping that he's kind of I don't know if he's going to perfect that slide he's trying to figure out right now but if he, if he can get that slider that'll kind of you know kind of kind of wean people off his um his fastball i guess stop the homers the bleeding yeah but um yeah i believe that i think we're going all the way though sounds good i like it i mean i i like their roster and we just got to get the game started on saturday and see where they go yeah hey one more thing bill and i know i didn't tell alex about it but I, I think I got to give a shout out to these girls man my alma mater the central charges are right, they really 27 and 1 Yep, Russ says yes. That's amazing. That's hey, awesome. Have a good one. And the mailman will still deliver. And the legend continues, Billy. All right, Kirkland, thank you. <laughs> hey, Russ, how many UT fans does it take to eat a possum? How <laughs> many? Two, one to eat one, one to watch out for traffic. <laughs> By the way, this is from an Alabama website. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, right. They just changed the name from Auburn to Tennessee. Frank and Macon, hello. Hey, Bill, how are you? Hey, Frank, how are you? 
I'm pretty good. Hey, got a question about the Braves, but before I do, I just want to clear something up. Um, when Middle Florida won that mythical national championship, beating <laughs> Auburn in the Peach Bowl, was the head coach was it Jack Frost or David Frost? I can't remember who the head coach was. There. <laughs> David Frost, Jack Frost, yeah, Jack Frost. Was he a claymation figure, Russ? Are you afraid of Jack Frost dipping yes. at your nose? Yes. Okay. Good question, Frank. Thank you. That's a good one. Middle, middle is is middle, and you know when middle middle Floridans and uh, middle Tennessee or Central Tennessee <laughs> played, it's a humdinger. Oh yeah, waiting on that one. But anyway, here's my question. Seriously, um, talking about the Braves, that lineup, which again, very talented lineup. But I, I would just ask you this: um, as much as Vaughn Grissom showed us last year. What do you think the backup plan's going to be if he's just not quite there at that key position? If he's if he's having a little trouble in the field, or if he's having you know a sophomore drink, jinx at the plate, is there a backup plan for Grissom? Well, Orlando Arcia is is the other option, and I think Alex Anthopoulos has talked a lot about how he really believes in Orlando Arcia. He he used to be the starting shortstop for the Brewers, and they won the division. He kind of tailed off, and he came to Atlanta, and the Braves kind of reworked his swing a little bit. And so if Grissom shows he's not ready and they decide to send him down to AAA, which is possible, I, I think they would turn to Arcia and see how he would do. But, you know, there's a lot of confidence in him. Uh, he played some at second base last year when Ozzy got hurt, and they like him a lot. So I, it's not a bad – I mean, look, they could have signed Elvis Andrews, and he signed with the White Sox yesterday. So I, I think – to me, that was a sign of their confidence in Arcia to be a, another option if Grissom does not work out. And from a, um, a bench position, um, who do you feel needs to step up and be that platoon guy for the outfield? Who's who's a key player? We mentioned Rosario earlier, and I'm sure he's he and Ozuna they would they would um, shuffle in and out. But aside from uh, Rosario. Who else is on that lineup? Well, I, they've, they've got a couple of – I think Kevin Pillar is going to get the other outfield spot. I mean, I, I, he's a veteran. He's been a starter before in, in uh, Toronto. I think he's got great defensive skills. He's a veteran, 34 years old. But I, I think Kevin Pillar could do it. But they've got Jordan Luplo, Sam Hilliard, Eli White. They've got several who are kind of quad A guys who could also be candidates like that. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I think they've got a lot of – good names on the list to choose from and the ones who don't make it will be in AAA and a phone call away, a 15 minute drive away really you are listening to the Bill Shanks show